Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, splendid to have you joining us wherever you are at, whatever you are doing. Uh, hopefully you're not watching us while you're driving, but listening to us, that would be safer. Uh, I am Derek Wilson, uh, here to welcome you. First, before we do anything, I would just like to point out that this is not blood dripping down. I'm not a vampire. If you can see that, I was in Oregon a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, and it was so dry there that I got like cracked lips and stuff, which is impossible because it was raining and storming the whole time. So I don't know how it happened. Science. Cold, cold sores, cold sores. Cold sores. Well, the, yeah, they kind of were like, they're like blisters and stuff, but like I live in BC during the winter, like it's wet and rainy here. So I don't know what Oregon did. It's America messing America. me up. <laughs> Nothing ever good happens in America. Anyway, to our American friends, we're glad that you are here. <laughs> we love you. Jesus we cares about you. you. We welcome you. Aloha. <laughs> um, yeah, with, with me today, as always, is the beautiful Tim Miller uh, with that gorgeous beard. Is that, is that what that is? Beard? It's kind of like a half Protein. beard thing. I, yeah, very, I don't know. very philosophical. Very, very <laughs> like, I'm going to teach you some wise stuff. It's, it's the only thing on. that makes me not look like a fat faced baby. So, you know, yeah, it, kind of, I, it shapes it yeah, out a little bit. Right here. <laughs> I can't do it because I'm on the fire department and you can't put a mask on. I can grow a mustache, but because well, I'm should. bald <laughs> and if I have a mustache, then I can't work with kids because I look like, you know, so I'm in a very, I'm in a very, I was going to say <laughs> between a rock we, and a hard place. We, we've got the right guest for you. If you have any hair related questions, Derek. So you <laughs> know, this is the should perfect should, segue into introducing our guest today. We have the wonderful as always. Christina with us today. Hi. Hi. Uh, Christina was in Bible college with uh, me and Tim for yeah. a while there. And uh, used to host our, uh, our, our non-gambling poker nights at her house. <laughs> I forgot about that. Really? I, don't I wasn't invited. <laughs> Derek wasn't yes. invited. Oh, this just this just got painful. Sorry. Let's just keep, let's keep moving on. Move on. Moving on now. We were friends. Um, we, we just we didn't want you to know i, yeah, I think no, you, that, you, that's right. you you must have been doing your internship or something at the time <laughs> you know i what? don't even remember i was thing. i was because uh i was just there for me semester that's what we'll say i was i wasn't at the at the school that's why i wasn't invited yeah um <laughs> anyway we got the wonderful christina with us uh she's a guest that we have been eagerly anticipating having on mm -hmm. and we are excited to have her christina why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um a question we always like to ask our guests if you have any piece of advice or anything to share hmm. um okay well a little bit about me if you guys don't know me i did go to bible school with these guys at eston college and graduated with my degree, which I'm very thankful that I did that. And, um, then I went, as soon as I graduated, um, from there, I signed up for hair school and moved to Vancouver because I knew I always wanted to do that anyway. And then, yeah, it's continued on a journey, um, with Clayton and we had three beautiful children ended up in Revelstoke and, um, 
now Clayton and I both live separately, but we do share our children, our beautiful children. Sailor is about to turn eight and our, yeah. And my old, and then I have my middle son, Carson, who is going to be turning 10 in March and uh, Liam will be turning 12 in February. So very busy, funnest times ever. I love, I love the kids at this age. It's great. Um, Yeah. It's all downhill after this. It's, it's all downhill. Yeah, like babies, terrible. Toddlers, okay, and then terrible twos. And then yeah. speaking of someone out of the three of us who don't have any kids, <laughs> I feel like, like Derek is speaking <laughs> for the experiences he gave to his mother. As compared I feel to like, his yeah, <laughs> this is what I did to my mom, and that's why she still doesn't speak to me. No. Well, no. I. I think the older they get, the more fun they are. We like, we loved, I love skiing and snowboarding with them. And they're, it's just so fun to watch them progress in life. And they're so smart. My boys are so smart. They teach me math now. I don't, I don't know anything. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyways, I work as a hairstylist here. I'm looking forward to snowboarding season mm. and yeah. There you go. Oh, one piece of advice. That's a hmm. one piece of advice. I don't know. Do you have more direction than that? I don't know. I, I assume being in Revelstoke could be like, don't eat yellow snow or stay off the black diamond if it's your first time or. Huh. Or don't grow a mustache if you're working with children. Don't grow a mustache if you're working with children. <laughs> Uh, let me see. Well, in Revelstoke, if we can't leave our garbage outside. So one day I decided to put garbage in the back of the truck and forgot it there. And then a bear came, put his head through my window because there was garbage outside and my window was open. So that's one piece of advice for to carry your garbage. Deal with your garbage right away or else a bear is going to break your window. Deal with the garbage in your life right away or else it'll come back and bite you. There you go. He didn't bite me, but his big head was through the window. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Deal with your garbage or you will get eaten by a bear for sure. You will barely (laughs) escape. (laughs) It was, it was, it was good until you you just went too far, Derek. That was one step. It was going to be a t-shirt and then you just ruined it. (laughs) That's what I do. I take things and I misinterpret it, especially the Bible. And I make it work into these cute little <laughs> phrases. And then, and then I, it goes too far. And I appreciate it. Ooh, I remember what that's called. That's called isogeating. There you go. Hey. Hey, look at that. It's not just your kids who are intelligent. Yeah. yeah maybe down. today you can do some exegeting. Yeah. <laughs> right? Big words. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did reference you, Christina, earlier on in um, when we were talking about Samson, because I don't know if you remember. You and I both had um, presentations we had to make in class about Samson, and it was how how do you talk about the real Samson when you've grown up in the church believing something completely different about this man and his big muscles and hair? So, um, yeah, yeah. I imagine Samson much more like Derek now. Um, You know, just just a big a big barrel of. Of, of laughs, a cuddly oh, thing. Oh, because he lost yeah. all his hair? He lost all his hair, lost his strength. It's moved fella. south. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and yeah, he, he's not actually wearing and, a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm not like a sweater. I'm like a fawn, but like my hair. hairy legs go all the way up to my neck. That's yeah. 
That's disgusting. Why would I even say that? Well, shall um, we move into uh, move into the Bible? Move into the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Quick left turn. Yeah. I've um, always wondered why God does that. Hey, like, hmm. why does He always take the hair on the top of a man's head first? Men don't want to be bald, but He leaves the hair everywhere else, except yeah. well here down. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Well, if, if if Derek if Derek would like to, he, he can show you how holy he is without hair. See, he just glows. It's just radiant. It's like an <laughs> angel on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. A little it? little angel, angelic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's good. It's good to be with you. Thank you for joining us, Christina. And actually, our, our topic and kind of theme for the next few weeks um, was inspired by the conversations we've had leading up to this, um, talking about grace and forgiveness. Um, so we're going to be starting that in with uh, Matthew chapter 18, which I will uh, bring up for us now. Excellent. So I'll read first, Derek. Is that all right? Yeah. Excellent. So our reading today is Matthew 18, uh, verse 21 to 35. Then Peter came up to him, or came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and a payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him. He began to choke him, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Okay, would you like to read it again, Christina? Sure. <clears throat> then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment be made. 
So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave his debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seizing him, he began to choke him and say, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what he had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. So, uh, Tim, is there any word or phrase that jumps out to you? Yeah, the, the one that, that hit me this time was, was verse 34. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Mm. That was me. Yeah. Christina, anything? Um, crazy. <clears throat> That's exactly what popped out to me. I actually thought it was going to be the last verse. Hmm. But it actually was that one. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers. That Mm. popped out to me too. Uh, I'm going to say 77 times. Mm. Jumped out to me. Mm. And I'm not going to tell you why. (laughs) Oh, that was my next question. Why? Yeah. Yeah. If if you get Derek started on it now, we just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll leave it at you won't tell us why. It'll be your little oh, secret. Oh, it's it's coming up, but if I do it right now, then we're going into the 20 minutes instantly. Okay. Because I don't know how to ask questions. Okay. Um Time Tim, any any questions that come up? Hmm. I think I think I think there is like for me it's just that whole sense of of like, you know, our our orientation in life towards both receiving forgiveness and, and giving it um and and like you know what what does that mean especially for for people who would call themselves like followers of Jesus so that would be kind of a, oh quite a wide and general theme I'd, I'd be happy to to kind of look at it at anything but yeah yeah I think that's probably where we're going to go with this but Christina anything questions yeah this one I, I hope this kind of makes sense it like it's I've been thinking a lot about it. Actually, it's kind of popped out to me ever since I've been reading this first since last night is that <clears throat> I'm just wonder like in his anger, his masters delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And I was thinking, man, if that is unforgiveness, if unforgiveness is like being put in a jail cell, I kind of like, I it, like, that's where I feel as though like God has all also given it. Like part of this to me is, people need, we need to learn how to forgive one another, especially believers, since we've all come short and forgiveness is the key that like Christ died on the cross. But I also think that if we do not for, if we can, I, you can forgive everyone around you, but if you can't even forgive yourself and let go of the fact that God already set you free from what he you've prayed for. And you're like, have mercy on me. 
if you don't allow God to <clears throat> actually receive his forgiveness and not even forgive yourself, never mind somebody else, do you also remain in that place? Do you know what I'm saying? You almost nope. imprison yourself in your mm-hmm. own. God is saying, I've forgiven you. Why don't like move on forward? Cause you've asked me to, but if you stay stuck with unforgiveness towards yourself and others, you also remain in a place. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if that really fits, but that's kind of where I feel a bit like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll get into that. Don't you worry. Uh <laughs> Derek, do you have that's anything my, you want? That's what pops out to me. So, well, I'm just kind of curious about the the king. Like he, with the guy with uh, ten thousand denarii, he forgave him, um, and wiped his debts clean. And then at the end, he takes the forgiveness back and puts him into prison. Mm-hmm. So, can God take his forgiveness back? And is that what He does to us if we don't forgive? If we don't extend forgiveness, <laughs> does He take forgiveness back? How does that kind of work? So, Until you pay off your debt. Yeah, which know. we can't. So, like, okay, we're gonna. I'm to gonna start. start. I'm gonna start the timer, Derek, and yeah. then uh, you can, yeah, finish your thought. <laughs> so, like, if if we hold to, and and I think the, the the way I grew up was, you know, man is sinful original sin we can't make our own salvation and we can't give our own sins like make our way right only done through jesus so we can't really do it ourselves so even if we were thrown into prison to pay off our debts we can't do that so we're just in prison forever did god do that like does he remove his forgiveness from us if we do not extend forgiveness to others like is that the is that the payoff is that well but then, i guess you have you have to look at the whole scripture though because in the beginning of the scripture he begged for forgiveness and he said of course and then he couldn't yeah. even forgive anyone else so god you know his master is saying how could you you just you basically just begged for forgiveness and then slapped his master back in the face and like it made an embarrassment of him almost i think yeah so yeah do we embarrass and do we god? do and do and do we do that to God when God says, I have forgiven you, go forgive others and tell them what I've done and love them. And then you walk back and through your own life and you're like, "Ah, eh, that was easy. And then you just keep walking, walking through your own narrow and you forget about it. And God's like, why, why? Or your master, mm-hmm. I guess. How, how embarrassing. Why would you do that? Yeah. Which, which we do all the time, right? Like this we is, do, this is a thing is our, our <laughs> forgiveness is for our debt is more than we can ever repay or whatever. And yet we turn around and when someone isn't living the life according to how we think they should live or fitting into our boxes or whatever, then we don't extend forgiveness to them. Um, Like when we're talking earlier about um, Tim, you had mentioned the abortion clinic and how people were outside chanting at the woman walking in, you know, Mm -hmm. um, telling her she's terrible and stuff like that. And there was no one at the uh, exit to tell them that mm. she was still loved. We're very preventative in our faith with sin, but we're not very mm. post sin. We're not very there for people mm. when they've hit rock bottom or they're, they're going through stuff, whether it be mm. whatever it is, we're, <laughs> we're way too mm. quick to cast stones than to sit down with them and throw a blanket or a, 
cover them and just be with them, right? So right. If, we, if we don't do that, where Christ, where God has forgiven us and we are not forgiving people for much less than what we've been forgiven for, mm-hmm. is God like, like the, the verse then throws us into prison? Is he taking that forgiveness away or is the prison kind of built on right. our, on our own that <clears throat> we are putting ourselves in a prison? Like I remember talking to someone yeah. from Aston yeah. and they were talking about like, I feel like I'm supposed to forgive this person. They haven't asked for forgiveness, but I feel like I'm supposed to. I'm like, yeah, forgive them because that doesn't do anything to them, but it'll change you. Like, and so yeah. he did that. And then I got a text afterwards. I'm so free. That was unbelievable. I, I just forgave him. And I feel like a weight's been lifted off me. And maybe that's yeah. the prison that we put ourselves in when we don't forgive people. Right. Like it's, it's our mm-hmm. own. I actually agree with you 100% there. And I think an important part that's that's jumping out to me right now is that his master doesn't say I will throw you in prison and you will never come out and I will never forgive you again. He says Mm -hmm. you are going to go into prison until your debt is paid. And to me, I think that is then has become now a matter. It's not the actions. It's not what he did. Now it's just a matter of the heart. And so maybe if that individual still cannot see the forgiveness that he was offered and offered to other people, chances are when he gets to jail, he's sure going to learn it there. So maybe him putting him got like his master actually being like, look, you still like that. Fine. Go over there, figure it out. That's what I feel like happened in my life. You want to walk through the Valley of the shadow of death. You will imprison yourself. But when that, but then you will, and, but it's a matter of the heart and you guaranteed you come out a different person on the other side. I bet you, he felt like quite the idiot when he got mm. into jail. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's but here's to say God is still working when mm. he's in jail and yeah. he doesn't say he's never going to forgive him. Yeah. He says, I'll forgive you when your debts are paid because mm. you are so self-centered and selfish. Mm. You don't even see what I did for you and you can't even extend that to other people. So until you can get your heart right, you need yeah. you got to figure that out that's what that verse says to me i think mm, yeah and I, I think you're right i think you're right like is is that sense that the you know the the inverse of of being forgiven and forgiving other people is that if you put somebody else in prison because of a lack of forgiveness you yourself mm-hmm. end up in prison okay. um and and at least you know there's there's at least i can't remember two or three other times where jesus talks about like you know we we forgive as we have been forgiven and that if we don't forgive then god will not forgive us and actually there it's not it's not like a transactional thing which we like to kind of you know and i think that's the only thing i, I, I you know struggle with with this as a parable is like it feels very kind of transaction transactional whatever that might i'm thinking yeah. of making up new words as i go along um but it's like you know it's like if you owe this much then you need to then you also then need to pay back this much but actually kind of forgiveness is about that that way of like welcoming you into a, a place where you're not burdened by what you feel or what you do owe somebody else but are able to live in a free way that allows you then to also free other people right you know like and that was you know that's one of the beautiful things about the old testament that was never fully realized was that sense that like you as a as a people the israelites as a people and including how they lived in their land was always supposed to have this rest time where everything was reset so it's like over seven years you you know you might go into debt you might owe somebody something you might become a slave or a servant to somebody else after that seven years all debts were cleared and everything reset we started again because we're not meant to be beings in servitude 
we're meant to be beings of freedom that see other people set free. And, and that sense, as you say, Christina, what I loved about that, that verse is it's like until he should pay all his debt. And there's also that sense, like for, you know, I know for myself is like when, when I feel like somebody's wronged me, I want more than what I, what they actually, in a sense, owe me because I want to be justified in, in them having to do, to make recompense for what they've done wrong. But it's just like, no, you know, this is what you owe. So this is what the debt is. And, and that's, but actually that kind of bigger picture, as you say about, you know, what is forgiveness and what does it mean? Like that God is working in the midst of those things, I think is really yeah, really kind of challenging as well. What if, what if it's not transactional, like you said, but it's uh, causational? I don't know what the word but what like, is. That? I don't know. I made it up. But it's, oh. it's um, if, I can't, if I can't see the forgiveness in other people and forgive them, then then I can't see God's forgiveness in myself. I can only see God's forgiveness in me if I see that in other people, mm. right? So the, the ca- causality of what my forgiveness threshold is, is only what I perceive God's forgiveness to me. So in him not forgiving um, his the, the the lower person that middle guy is not actually accepting the forgiveness of the guy above him in in, in yeah. its full extent. Like he'll take yeah. the effects of it, but not the full forgiveness or understand what, what's happening. And then in reverse, I also can't see the forgiveness in other people. Um, I can't forgive other people unless I understand that I've been forgiven. And I can't be forgiven unless I see the forgiveness in other people to understand the, the, the level of that, right? Like it's, yeah. it's so, it's not one or the other. It's very combined in how I perceive my forgiveness and the forgiveness yeah. of other people, how I forgive them and how I see God has forgiven them, mm. right? So it's not, I, I can't separate the two and be like, God's forgiven me this much, 10 bucketfuls and I can only forgive this person five bucketfuls. And then I see God's forgiving me five bucketfuls, but that person 10, it's, it's the same, right? Mm. So maybe in practicing forgiveness with other people and making that cautious decision 77 times that every day, like I have forgiven this person, I've forgiven this person, not forgive and forget, but forgive and keep remembering that you've forgiven forgiven and forgiven then i can actually understand and experience more of god's forgiveness because my forgiveness threshold has been lifted or made bigger Mm. i think it's a sense of recognizing too like what is the what is the debt doing right like the debt is is something that's that's putting a burden or a weight on a relationship that otherwise would be free from that And, and and that kind of sense of like forgiveness is meant to be that that reorientation and re-leveling of, of a broken relationship too, right? So like, you know, it's, it's interesting that Peter talks about, you know, how often should I forgive my brother who sins against me? <laughs> you know, he's, he's not talking about, you know, somebody who, you know, who he doesn't know who comes and, you know, you know, upsets him and he's like, oh, well, you know, screw that guy. It is like, how much do I need to forgive my brother? You know, the person who I meant to have a relationship with, who I meant to, 
you know, there's meant to be something of kind of love and, and, you know, how many times do I need to forgive them? And, and that's the kind of sense of actually, you know, relationships and us being relational beings is something that we must always come back to as, as kind of central and unburdened from, um, through forgiveness, through grace, through mercy, through unconditional love to actually be able to be together. Right. It's hard to be condescending and it's hard to fixate on your hurt and your brokenness if you're focusing on forgiveness 70 times, 70 times seven or whatever. Like if you're constantly doing that, then there's not a lot of brain space for you to be focusing on the hurt and the wrong and the, and the condescending or whatever it may be. We're not all we're not all genius mathematicians like Christina's kids. So yeah, uh, I don't if, I have, if I have to if I have to count up to seventy seven, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, I, I ran out of fingers and toes. I'm hoop. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. even know what seven plus seven is? Seven plus seven is seventy seven. I'm sure. Exactly. Times seven. Yeah. Well, it'd be. One hundred forty is two times three would be three. <laughs> 720 plus 70 would be 790. That was really good. We'll find out. I don't know if you're right or lying or making that up, but <laughs> yeah. I'm believing you. You know what, Derek? Whether whether you're lying to us or not, we will forgive you. Okay? We'll yes. You. Four, 490. What did I say? You said 790. Ah, there yeah. you did go. I? My yeah. bad. It's all right. You can oh. edit it out. You can edit it out and yeah. you'll always get no, it right. I, yeah. I, I hope you because if Jeremy back is listening right now, he is just shaking his head. I can just picture it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he is going yeah. to listen because I told them to. So let's get there, our math right. There you go. There you go. Derek, <laughs> I, I, I said 490. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But it, like it, what I love, what I do love about this parable is is like it's the it's the raw humanity in it you know like it's the person begging for mercy because you know it says he he's going to be sold his wife and his children to make this payment and and he's just like i like that's too much like my my wife and my kids like it's just that's crazy and he's like you know begs for mercy and then and then the next thing he's doing he's like oh, at least this translation is fantastic he begins to choke him saying you know pay me what you owe me yeah and you're just like there's like and i guess like that what i you know it's just like that amazing way that you can see in somebody else sometimes that clarity of where you you respond completely counter to what you hope other people respond to you with mm-hmm. you know and 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 it is that sense like you know, it's like the reason I don't often forgive people or love people is because I don't actually always believe and trust in the love and forgiveness of God. And, yeah. and actually it, it's that, as you say, Derek, that kind of sent that challenge to be able to say, you know, if God's grace is big enough for them, maybe God's grace is big enough for me. And if God's grace is big enough for me, then maybe I can somehow give that grace to somebody I think who's outside of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we, we do this a lot though. Like I'm thinking about this right now and, and we're thinking big, big, big things. Like you owe me $5,000. You have hmm. to do this. You did that. And we're thinking big things because in this story, they're talking about money and they're talking about that. Right. So we're like, whoa, he owed him a lot of money. And like, hmm. that's really shitty. But in the same sense, do we not do this on a daily basis with people? Like, I feel like this whole section of ver- this whole section right there happens. Um, in well well let's just say every divorce out there 
Mm-hmm. We like constantly hold unforgiveness and you owe me this and you owe me that, but I'm not. And like, it's back and forth. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, wait, this is not, this is not what God has. This is not how God has taught us to deal with our problems and stuff, but we do it on a daily basis by accident. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're like, God has forgiven me all the time for my actions, but then someone else does something little against me. And I'm like, well, forget that. Like, mm. you're, you're not, you know, we condemn people very easily for even the small things, you mm. know, and those small things that we condemn people for, even though we have been forgiven greatly, do create little cell, jail cell, cells inside of, of unforgiveness. Mm. Is that not the Mm. truth like it doesn't even have to be with big things like when you really think about it like it's it's even the little daily things i think Mm. divorce too big time because and actually and death anything that uh, revolves around money to be honest anything Mm. that revolves around splitting money or you owe me this or you owe me that causes this Mm. happens this verse takes place in anything like that 100 Mm. percent. yeah like it's it's hard to do the big forgiveness if you're not doing the little things right like it's yeah. the little things that prepare you for the for the big things mm-hmm. and yeah yeah somehow like that's this the strange thing isn't it it's like we there's also like there's there's such a grandness to the big things that sometimes that does feel easier it's because it's like you know it, it means something if i'm the person who forgave that big debt right? Like I'm going to be that person, but it's like, you know, the person who, you know, pisses me off in the little things, you know, there's no glory in letting that go. So I can hold on to that. And somehow that, you know, becomes something that kind of, you know, breaks it down in a strange way. Um, As you say, Christina, you know, potentially even like the things that, that kind of disrupt and, um, you know, and cling on to us in a a super negative way, in a much more um, devastating way, potentially than some of that big stuff that feels like it's almost like very kind of clear cut and everything like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I forgive people. That's pretty much what it comes down. Don't be, don't be jerks and, and hold on to it. And I'm mostly talking to myself here is, you know, you know, what's interesting though, Derek, I thought a lot about this verse and I was like, Hmm, that's really crazy. Like, uh, over the last few years, I, um, actually have always been very much like this. I'm very forgiving. I, and when I went through a lot of shit, um, a few years ago when my ma- marriage fell apart and we went through a divorce and all that kind of stuff, um, I had a lot of hurt and unforgiveness in my heart towards, certain people and many believers that I thought would love me because they had the love of Jesus in them. And I felt like I lost their love and that hurt. And I had to let go of that and forgive right away or else I would have actually, you know, enjailed myself to a point of death because that's all unforgiveness does. It just eats away at you and it creates your own death. So I just, you know, I choose to let that stuff go a lot. I'm very forgiving very quickly. I give it to God and I let it go because I've got my shit. You've got your shit. And I don't need to, I have so much going on in my life that the last thing I can carry around on my back is unforgiveness towards others. But here's the key that I found for myself. I had major unforgiveness towards myself. So I forgave everyone around me that hurt me. It is gone and it is over. So be it. Let God deal with you for how you feel. But when it came to myself, I thought that I was just scum. 
for all the decisions I made and I wasn't getting out of, I was just, I dug my hole and I was staying in it. There was no way out. And I could not forgive myself because I didn't see myself worthy anymore of who I used to be. Hmm. And so for me, I feel like God forgave me and he told me he forgave me, but I wasn't willing to receive it. So I feel like God said, fine, you go, you can't forgive me for what I did for you. You know, like God, God gave his life up. God gave his own son's life up. And I can tell you, oh man, I don't think I could give my son's life up for anybody. And um, the fact that God went through all that and that I could turn around in God's face and say, I can't accept your forgiveness. I can't even imagine after God went through all of that, everything Jesus went through everything he went through to forgive me for all of my sins. And I stand in his face and say, I can't take it. I feel like God said to me, yeah, okay, then you can go, you know, you fine, go to jail, go to jail and wait till your debts are paid off until. And then I finally had to figure that out for myself, forgiving myself and forgiveness and accepting the love of God, accepting the love of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus. It's the only thing that has set me free. And it wasn't unforgiveness because when I read this, I thought, well, I don't know why I'm good. To, I'm good at forgiving other people. And then I felt God say, but you don't know how to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was huge. That was huge to me because I'm like, why? Gosh, like God has already, I already know. I know the outcome. God's already won this thing. This like Satan's already been stomped on. Why do I let Satan keep squishing me when I know that he's the one that's already been defeated? So I think if we in jail, we imprison ourselves a lot when we don't accept God's love. Like I can only imagine how that master must have felt like I forgived you for all that. And then you do that. You can't even accept my forgiveness and give it to other people. Mm. I couldn't accept God's forgiveness and share his love with other people because I couldn't forgive myself. Mm. Isn't that? Yeah. So I feel as though in this, this verse, even if you think you've forgiven other people and you are giving and you are loving, if you can't accept the forgiveness that Jesus did for us, which was greater than just paying off $5,000 or whatever that guy owed, mm. you know, that I think that is, that is when we finally cut the chains of, off of ourselves. When we live a life of forgiveness, no matter how shitty our actions have been. Mm. Yeah. I think what I, you said something really beautiful there, which was about, um, you know, that sense of kind of value for yourself. And, and actually, as, as you said that, it made me think, as, as you say, like, you know, when the master turns around and realizes that his servant hasn't forgiven somebody else, there's that whole point about, you know, debt. But it's just like, do you not realize how much value I'm giving to you to let you be somebody who, who is loved, who is cherished, who is beautiful, who is important, mm-hmm. you know, who, ha- who has meaning and value and purpose in the world that is actually completely separate from this sense of debt. And this is just because of who you are in my sight. And that clearing that debt was a step to say that I love you, not to say that you're in prison to that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for, thank you for sharing. Yeah. That's our that's our, our twenty minute timer. So Derek, do you have anything else, or Christina, have anything else you want to drop in at the end and then leave people with wondering about? No, that... you never got I to talk think... about your seventy seven times, Derek. Well, I did. You're not you're not focusing on Fa- yeah, yeah. other thoughts of go. people if you're seventy <laughs> times seven. Forgive them. That's 
Constantly is that that's that was that was the big thing we were waiting for that, that was the that big was thing you're waiting for yeah that was the that was mind-blowing Derek mind-blowing <laughs> I never said it was mind-blowing I just said we get into it later that's all you guys built it up in your head I can't be responsible for that <laughs> don't put me in your prison of expectations <laughs> oh that's good okay well blessings everyone thank you Christina for being on We'll have you again. Definitely. And uh, uh, try this week to practice forgiveness, Um, Mm -hmm. even with those who aren't asking for it, even for things maybe you don't even think you need to forgive for, but have a posture of of forgiveness uh, with everyone and see if that changes your even view of yourself. Yeah. All right. Blessings. Peace. Peace.